Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Go ahead. Hello, and welcome aboard. Whoa, no. I am your podcast host, Jason Zook, with my co-host, Caroline Zook. We're going to be taking you on a journey through the galaxy of Wandering Aimfully. I'm picturing you as... Look to your left, that's Zook, planet, Planet Zook. Look to your right, that's Planet Fart Studio. And look to your center, that's you. You know, deep inside. I yeah. am picturing you as like um, a like a ride attendant at yeah, Disney World. Yeah, That's for sure. what you were yeah, doing. Yeah, 100%. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that was my bet. That was my little bet. Cool. Um, I didn't give an update for the cinnamon rollers of the cinnamon podcast, rollers. my cinnamon mm-hmm, rollers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, last week, I have to let everyone down. I did not have a cinnamon roll on the day of recording. I did have one the day before. It's because uh-huh. we changed up our recording. True. Guess what happened we this week? It. Same thing. You ate it yesterday? Pulled my cinnamon roll out of the freezer. Right. Defrosted it. What happened? Homemade cinnamon roll, by the way, that I made. Uh, And then we didn't record yesterday because we got too many things going on. But I want to just, for everyone who just wants to know exactly how I ate my cinnamon roll... We had some leftover buttercream from our New Year's Eve oh, dinner so good. that we did take out from our favorite little restaurant here in town. And I put in the town. butter I put the buttercream on top of the cinnamon roll. Oh my gosh. Wow. Next level. Speaking of that, I used the we also saved the butter from the rolls from New Year's Eve. Yeah. It's like this this We're really deli- good at stretching a takeout. We stretch a takeout. Are you guys takeout so stretchers? Far. You guys takeout stretchers? We never like finish a takeout in one. No, sitting. we like save little bits for yeah, later and yeah. I finished the last of the butter on my Mostly it's butter, what? I'm noticing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a distinct theme between the buttercream and the butter. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, huh. Our diet starts tomorrow. <laughs> uh what is life without butter? I don't know. Uh we we did it for many years. Yeah. We did. Um what was I just about to say about cinnamon rollers? Stretching your butter. Oh, I was just saying, best thing we ever did was designate Tuesdays as podcast recording days so that we could then record on Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really good flexible schedule where it like, never ends up happening on Tuesdays. I mean, sometimes it does, but I think that's a good le- lesson. Yeah. It's like, if there's something that you consistently are like, why can I not get this done? Tell yourself early in the week, designate a day early in the week. Wow, just hit them with a hot tip. And then you'll probably get it done the day after that. Burr, 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 burr. But this hot is, tip to start the episode. But I was just realizing that that's also kind of our approach for coaching sessions this year because last year right. we found ourselves kind of up against the deadline, finishing slides the night before. It's because if you're a Wayne member, you know we put lots of love and care into There's every single coaching session. We go hard on the slides yeah and the design and there's illustrations and there's stories and there's gifs and there's anyway there's a lot um but we were always up against the day before deadline and so this year what's our approach is that similar to the podcast which is we're giving ourselves the deadline of the wednesday before the coaching wednesday yeah. for so me that, that's a hard deadline though i know <laughs> i know but we yeah. just need to keep repeating that so that my right. brain thinks it's a hard deadline exactly like uh, you need to tell me like oh like you you will need to go to the principal's office if you don't finish it. By oh wow! Wednesday. Yeah, what are the like childhood uh, like traumatic? Author- I just have like a real authority thing. Yeah. So like, if you tell me like, oh, you're you're gonna let you're Patty out of, down. You're, you're gonna out of the Patty running. Down. You're not gonna be like best student in school anymore. Yeah. I should make you a best student in school ribbon, <laughs> and I should take it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Let's just that'll help our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just my own people pleasing. That'll really reinforce all yeah. the right things. Yeah. Great. Okay, that's the preamble part of the podcast checked it off what are we chatting about caroline they already know because they saw the title of this episode they clicked in they started playing and now they're here but i forget because i forget things and also you just love being surprised i love writing notes and being prepared and you love being doing things off the cuff because 
because I white man male energy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whoa. But also a little true. Whoa. This makes me think about like when I used to do tons of interviews during especially the I wear your shirt days and especially like podcast interviews or whatever, they'd be like, I have a list of questions. I'd be like, Great. I'm not looking at any of I those. know. You do like I just like the improv. spontaneity. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, yeah. like the fun of it. I like the excitement. I like the the pressure, the ooh, what's gonna happen here? I don't wanna know like the seventeen scripted questions. Well, also you're just really good at that, whereas ooh, nice. that Go causes on. me anxiety. So my coping mechanism is preparation. Right. So I like writing a few notes. Yeah. I also I've gotten better at the improv over the years. It's oh, not yeah, like I come yeah. to these with like intense notes or like a script. Yeah. But I just like being a little prepared, knowing what I want to. Yeah, that's great. That's what makes it, it's a good balance for us for sure. Wow. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about intention. We are talking about intention. So I thought this would be a fun episode to do at the top of the year because was it a couple weeks ago the bottom of the year? Absolutely. Oh wow. I think we can all agree it was the yeah, bottom of the year. Really was. <laughs> we got to the bottom of the barrel. Wow. And we're it's nothing's different. <laughs> <laughs> but it's new. But it's new. Uh, it's amazing how we turned it's the like calendar. Nothing and the, is different. The pandemic went away. Here's my belief. Yeah. Nothing is different. And yet the energy is different For sure. if you decide that it is, and yeah. that is different. So wow, take that philosophy to there you go. put it in your hat. Yeah. What? Okay. So the thing about intention I wanted to talk about is you, this is a word that you and I use a lot, and I wanted to take this opportunity in this episode to talk about what we mean when we say intention, and then also choices and th- like decisions that we've made in our life and our business that have created the experience that we now have with our life and business, and what are some of those choices, if only so that it shows you that you too can make choices in your own life and business to cultivate the experience that you want to have. And also maybe it'll give you some ideas of things to try to yeah. even improve your experience of your own life and business. Yeah. Um, so off the top of your head, when we say intention, I wrote down my oh, great. because preparation. Yeah. But I'm curious when you hear that, I was like, it's really hard to kind of explain it, what yeah. you mean. Because yeah. it just means such a specific thing in my mind that I'm like, how do I describe intention without using the word intention? Yeah, I would so say mean to you? thoughtful decision making mm. is intention to me. That's pretty succinct. Huh. Off the cuff. Huh. This guy's good at improv. Decision making has a hyphen, just so you're aware. It's a thank you. Word. Yeah. Thank you. Chromatic, <laughs> grammatical master of our household. <laughs> I'm not at all. Uh, yeah, thoughtful decision making. I, I think it's really about not just making a decision, it's about thinking about the decision and then evaluating it and then making the decision based on some informed data or experiences or just a thing that you want to do um, that is like core to you. Yeah. I like that answer a lot. That's very nice. succinct. I, of course, wrote three paragraphs. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but the the first thing that came to my mind was, it, to me, it's the idea of living your life on purpose and recognizing that you have the power to make decisions that will create a certain kind of experience in your life or your business or whatever you're doing. And so it's like, not just this notion that life happens to you, but that you can go and happen to life. And I don't know exactly where this realization came into our consciousness, but maybe it's something I've always had, but I've just sort of always had this notion that like, yeah, I'm in charge. I mean, I can't control everything, but I'm in charge of changing the things that I want to change instead of just throwing out my hands and saying like, oh, I don't like that I don't feel this certain way. Like trying to do things in order to feel those things that I want to feel or be those things that I want to be, et cetera. And so I also think that it's sort of a creative approach to living life. It's viewing your life as this craft that you can mold and shape and impact the outcome of it. And that's a very empowering feeling. New, uh, 21st century Jason has a enlightened question. 21st century or 2021? 21st century Jason. Oh. Yeah. 21st century TM. Jason. Yeah. 21st century Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he saying? Is the only reason why we have the ability to happen to life because we have so much privilege? Absolutely. And I, it's not the only reason. No, no, I know, but I just, yeah, really for this conversation and for anybody listening who's like, yeah, great for you guys, like two totally. affluent white people who grew up with plenty of opportunities and not real hardship and you've never had to experience anything traumatic and you don't have all these pressures and your family that you don't have to take care of. Like, totally. if we're just being totally honest, we can happen to life a lot easier than most people. And I think 
that there's something about just acknowledging that. And, and really, I think for us, like this is such a small group of people who listen to this podcast that like, we, we know this is a small, hey safe group. Hey, what's up? How's it going? What are you doing? You cinnamon rolls? Great. But I do think it, it's worth it just to continue to always check those things in mm-hmm. case someone were to stumble upon this thing and be like, Oh wow. Listen to these people who just like, you know, don't ever acknowledge these things. Yeah, totally. I think it's a yes. And so it's like always acknowledging it, but also recognizing that, that privilege does not disqualify the truth that everyone has the ability to affect the things that they can affect. Like yeah. it's just a truth, right? Like you can change the things that you can change. Yeah. And so I do think that it's a yes and. So and and I had that same thought um, last year when we were just learning so much, and and I realized that so much of my own personal. Um, belief system is around this idea of authenticity. And I know it's a little bit of a buzzword, but like I just, I'm an Enneagram for it's deep in my heart, like being your truest, brightest, most authentic self. And I had this realization that was like, oh, that's such a privileged thing to be able to say, yeah, just go out and be exactly who you are. And it's like for people, for black people specifically in this country, I would laugh if I was a black person probably at that because I would be like, oh, easy for you to say to just go and be your true self. But like they're constantly getting messages about being your true self is not welcomed here, not accepted here. Don't wear your natural hair. Don't be who you are. Don't talk the way you want to talk, you know, all those messages. And so that was a moment of for me of checking my privilege and being like, oh, so easy for me to value authenticity in a place where my authenticity is welcomed, you know? I think but, this, so it's just important to yeah, recognize yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, two quick things. Yes. Number one, do you see where the microphone's pointing? Because it's not in your mouth. Towards my left cheek. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, second thing is, I think this is a good segue into what we would both believe is probably one of the biggest, most intentional, most um, helpful and gratifying decisions we've made in our lives, especially together. Which do you want to start there? Yeah, yeah. Which is selling all of our stuff and moving from Florida to California. Yeah. And I'd like to set the stage for this for those of you who don't know this quick story is I bought a house in 2008 in Florida, Jacksonville, Florida at the peak of the market. So I overspent on this house. Great. Um, I had, so we had this $2,200 mortgage a month on this house. We were tired of living in Jacksonville, but both of our families lived in Jacksonville. My mom had literally moved from the Northeast to be down in Florida to be closer to me. And I had spent at that time 15 years living in Florida. You've lived there their entire life. life. All your friendships, everything is there. I lived there basically my entire adult life. So everything I've cultivated and grown all there. And we've started having these discussions. And I remember early on in our relationship, you would ask, like, do you could you see yourself ever living anywhere else? And I'd be like, No way. I love it where we live. Like yeah, I want to stay here forever. So, when we first met, I'll yeah. never forget it. You were so close minded. Set in yeah. the place that you had put down roots, which and I was glad that you were upfront about that. But I was just like, Oh, okay. He doesn't yeah. want to go anywhere yeah. else. And I, I I just sort of resigned myself to it. I was just yeah. like, Okay, like I, I grew up here, like I like it here, great. But we just we did so much growing in those yep. first four years of being together. And we luckily were growing together, not apart, but we both felt this like desire to experience new things to live in a place with more open-minded people just frankly yeah um we were running into conversations that just some back yeah backwards thinking that we didn't feel aligned with and the hardest part was leaving our families and our roots and like everything that we knew yeah and and the reason why i bring up kind of the backstory of it because i think so many people who are looking at and maybe not in this exact moment, if you're listening to us recording this, because moving during a pandemic would be like very difficult and like so much anxiety on top of normal anxiety of moving. But so many people don't make a decision like this because they go, my family's here. I have a mortgage. I have a house that I'm basically upside down on that I figure out like, I don't know where my income is coming in securely for the next year. Or I have a job and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And for us, we basically evaluated all those things. And we just said, you know what though? Like, we want a change. We want yeah. this more than we're afraid of all the things that we're going to have to do to to make this change. And I look back on that decision as 
probably the best decision besides us obviously getting together. That's obviously. the best decision. But of our lives. Absolutely. Because it literally changed our lives. It changed us. It changed the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we do everything in what life. What we care about, the pace that we live yeah. at, what we value. Yeah. It, it sparked new ideas for me. It, it like put us in a place where it just like I was reinvigorated, you know, to, to come up with yeah, interesting that, ideas. Yeah, that next year after we moved where, to be clear, like we did not have the money to move. Like no. we just... And, and to let you know, my the house did not sell. Yeah. We tried to sell the house for, I think it was six months. We reduced the price from the asking price. All six the way months while we were still there. We, yeah, while we were still, yeah, we yeah. were living in it. We reduced the price by $50,000 from yeah. $320,000 to $270,000 for that house. Not a single offer yeah. on the house. And it was just one of those things where we said, okay, like we don't even have the means to afford to pay for both we're just gonna have to dip into our savings or like put it on credit card but we can't stay here any longer like we will stay stuck forever if we don't leave yeah and the thing that i want people to take away with is it doesn't have to be a move doesn't have to be something like that but i think of that as an intentional choice to put ourselves in discomfort like you know what i mean like an intentional choice to walk into a season of unknown to see what would happen. Yeah, and I think when you when you make yourself uncomfortable, hold on, I'm adjusting your microphone because it's like drooping, which is this? A droopy mic. I have a droopy mic right now. I'm fixing it, don't worry guys. When you back yourself into one of those corners, when you find yourself into one of those corners, it's when you you find the resilience to get out. You right. figure out ways and you, you come up with ways to make it happen and we did that and we, we put the house up for rent and we hired a property management company because we lived in California. We had moved and we let them handle it. We basically made no money on the deal. It broke even in paying the mortgage and it was a pain in certain circumstances, but it was a way to move forward. It was a way to say, okay, we can offset this cost slightly and now we can figure out, you know, just keep it up for sale, keep somebody in renting it. Eventually someone will pay for it. And they didn't. We ended up foreclosing on the house. Like I let that house go to the bank I have a ding on my credit for seven years, which has still has like two more years. And I was willing to make that sacrifice because I just didn't want to be in that position anymore. For sure. And I think, yeah, I think there, if you do have that sort of deep desire that you're recognizing and the whisper is getting louder and louder and louder, that's what this intentional choice and in sharing that is really for those people who like know it's not like you need to go and find discomfort to walk into. Right. It's more like if you know that this is something that's pulling at your heart that you'll regret not doing, it's more sharing that of like, how do you overcome those obstacles? And the answer is you just figure it out and yeah. you just say, I want the thing more than I'm afraid of what it takes to get the thing. So yeah. that was definitely the biggest, I mean, yeah, the biggest absolutely. intentional choice. And it has set our life on a different trajectory, which is so yep. cool. And I'll never forget like, we drove across the country and I'll never forget that first day when yeah. we were in, we like pulled up to the house. We kind of unpacked the stuff and we, I remember we went to like home goods. Like we were just excited yeah. to kind of like, we had no furniture. We had no nothing. And we just wanted. We had to, a printer. We had a printer that we brought from Jacksonville. Why? <laughs> Two duffel bags. Our, our dog clothes, plaques go. Yeah. And a dog bed. Um, and I remember like driving to go do errands and looking around and seeing mountains. Yeah. And I've lived in Jacksonville, Florida my whole life, which is flat, very flat, and just seeing mountains yeah. and like the feeling that I got of like I felt like I was on a different planet and everything felt new and interesting and, and just I had this like wild possibility. So I don't know. It's just it's you can you can always make those choices in your life. Like I feel like we get into these well-worn grooves of either living in a place or in a house or in a relationship, in a relationship or in a job or these things. And we, we suddenly think that these parts of our lives are immovable and they're not, you can always, if you're willing to withstand the discomfort or overcome the challenges, you can drastically change your life in i mean a year's time yep absolutely so the other one so i'm i'm kind of mixing them here but i just wrote down a yeah. bunch of different like intentional choices that we make one of them is to take december's off in our business and a lot of these are things that i take for granted now i just i i like I don't mean take for granted, but I just mean take for granted in the sense that I think everybody does them. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you guys don't like take it super easy in December and play a lot of Nintendo and like enjoy yeah. Christmas. Um, but we didn't always do that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was a time when we had to work. I mean, especially for me with my Irish shirt business, I had to work on the days before New Year's, New Year's Day. Day like yeah. that was almost the busiest time for me. Uh Oh, Oh, she 
put her water behind the couch just out of reach. Hold on. Oh, this is hard to watch. Oh, God. The top is coming off. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're good. I got it. Great. So glad we all got to go on that journey with you. Uh, That's yeah. the drama, babe. That's the podcast and, drama. And I think that there, there's something to be said for you may have to go a couple years working in December before you can get to the point. But I will say, as someone who does these little accountability things with our members, every Monday I do these check-ins with our members, and so many of them said, like, oh, I, I took two weeks off in December, but I realized that was the first time I took any time off in the year, and it's not enough. Yeah. And I think that is something that is really important for anyone to realize is – it is not enough to work yourself to the bone all year thinking, I'll take December off and that'll be enough. It's it's not. You have to prioritize breaks throughout the year. You have to prioritize breaks throughout the weeks, throughout the days. And it has to be something where this work-life balance thing, it is not an achievable get to a finish line and you're there. It isn't always working on things. Yep. And so I think for us, this idea of taking off in December, while it is something that we do and we take off in December, we are also still taking off time throughout the rest of the year as well. Totally. And and carving out that time is the one of the best things we do for our mental health and for keeping going throughout the year is having that time to look forward to when we're more off than the rest of the time. Yeah. The other thing I want to say is cuz we we often add this caveat to things like this where we go, you know, you know, we can make these choices now because we've put in the hard work and so you, you know, you might have to work a couple of decembers or whatever. And I think that is true. However, I also just want to say if you don't do it, if you don't set that boundary, you'll never do it. You yeah. know what I mean? So there's never going to be a right magical moment where you go, I'm making enough money and so now I'm not going to work December's. It's like if you don't flex that muscle from the beginning. So I think I think it's important to do that and set the boundary and be intentional about how you spend your time regardless of where you're at in your business journey. It's just the degree to which you can do it is up to, you know, your personal goals and how – much your work is paying off in those different things. But I, yeah. I talk, I talk about this a lot when it comes to some of our members who have clients and it's like, Oh, well I just need to like, you know, take on all these clients. And then once I get a couple on retainer, then I won't, you know, work on weekends. And yeah. it's like, no, no, no. Like you need to decide I won't work on weekends so that you can then get in the habit and be more productive within the confines of those five days instead of, you know, so it's like that type of chicken or the egg scenario. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, for sure. I think it leads into one of the other ones that we have on the list, which is just having a slow growth mindset, mindset. and this intention of we're not going to be always on the growth treadmill and we're not going to be on the what I called in an email that we have coming out the mountain of more where I'm just like always climbing this mountain of more where there's never a peak because yeah. when you get to a peak guess what there's another peak that you didn't see and you just keep going up and up and up and it's the same thing like you were just talking about with taking off in December and it's such a good point which is if you don't decide now then even when you are making more money, you're just going to pile more stuff on your plate. And this is why for us, I think having a slow, slower growth mindset and this just avoiding all of the growth hacking and like adding more zeros to our monthly income. The reason we avoid that is because we know that it's just a, it's a trick. It's a trick to then you just move on to the next and you move on yeah. to the next and we've experienced it. And I know firsthand what it's like to go, I want a million dollar business and doing everything in my power to do that. And then realizing when I got close to it, it sucked horribly. Yeah. It was awful. It was the worst. And now we're at a place where, you know, we make $250,000 on average a year and we're happy to be transparent about that and and we feel really good about that. Could we make a lot more money? Absolutely. There are so many more things we could do to make more money. But you know what? It's enough. Yeah. And it gives us like the right amount of customers. We have the right amount of emails to deal with. We have the right amount of launches to do for our business. We have the right amount of taxes to pay. We have the right amount of savings to save for our goals. And could we have more of everything? Absolutely. You always can. But what is the point? Yeah. For me, it's like this difference in energy between before we adopted this slow growth mindset and this intention that we set for the way that we wanted to run our businesses – I always felt this energy of like you have to maximize every moment and every moment that you are not spending on your business is a wasted moment. That's always how it felt to me. Like, oh, if I'm not on social, then I'm not growing my audience. Yep. Oh, if I'm if I'm, you know, not working on the weekends, then I'm not, you know, that's however many hours that I'm is going out the door. If I'm not coming up with a new product, all this stuff. And it took many years of practice to learn how to 
realize that those those that white space those empty moments are actually full it's not a waste it's it's the opposite it's full of life it's full of space it's full of just being present in the moment instead of working towards or climbing the mountain and more like you said and now having been in both modes and feeling both types of energy I can just say that you know I thrive better in the one where I'm actively saying no, you know what? I'm going to choose not to work in that moment. Yeah. Or I'm going to choose, which actually kind of brings me to another intentional decision. Um, you know, we don't go hard on every single platform. Yep. And so we actually made the decision this year not to focus on YouTube. We've never really focused on YouTube, but like... Yeah, I, we, we did early on in Wayne. Like, sure, sure, we spent sure. a good amount of time on it, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I share that because we know we could yeah. like we know that well, actually i specifically know yeah, yeah yeah i filmed a youtube video every day for 5 years before it was a thing that people did yeah. and so i know that it can work and i know what goes into it but i also know what it takes absolutely and i know what you have to sacrifice to do that and even if we just did a weekly video i know what that takes and i and we know how many hours we've we've scripted it out we've even tried it we've done some experimentation it is not worth the stress for, for us for us and for the return. And I think that is the thing when it comes to um, making decisions about getting on platforms like, oh, should I be on TikTok? Like TikTok is exploding and it's everywhere and all stuff. Great. Okay. But what is that explosion of followers? How does it actually impact your business? And that's the thing that we try and talk about here. Like, what is it all for? Mm-hmm. So you could grow a TikTok following of a couple hundred thousand for what? Yeah. And be able to define that. And like, if you've been able to do that, more power to you. It's just, that's what the whole thing about this intentional choice thing is knowing that there's a reason behind why you're doing what you're doing. And even the times that we've gone dark on social media, there's a reason behind that. There, there is a choice that we're making about, you know, I think maybe in years prior, for example, like we just, we went really hard on on Instagram in the beginning of last year, and then we were very, very quiet for the second half. And that was all by choice and by design for a lot of different factors. But I think in years past, I would be so um, caught up in this idea of like, oh, people are seeing that we like fell off the map yep. and like, what? Yep. Are, how are they judging us? Or do they think that we're not, you know, don't have our stuff together as business coaches? And, and it's just like you, ca- you get to this point where you're like, it doesn't matter what they think. Yep. What matters is what I choose to do and i knew that we were doing it for a bigger purpose to to uh focus on other things to really do deep learning so that when we came back we could have a more inclusive and um well-rounded understanding of the world to be able to share that type of messaging and so it was all like a deeper meaning behind it but i think that's another important caveat about this whole in making intentional choices with your life is that people aren't always going to understand why you're doing it yep. in business, in life, but you know that there's a reason yeah, and you know what the greater purpose is. Yeah. And like a, a perfect example for me is, I mean, I've been on Twitter since 2008 and I am basically quitting Twitter. Like yeah. I have, I've stopped. I have a message up on my profile. It says like, I'm just off Twitter forever basically. And it's the same thing I did with Facebook in 2016 and honestly, I don't miss it at all. Yeah. Like I I really loved the connections and the community and the ego trip of like sharing some pithy thing and it go, you know, getting a couple yeah. hundred likes or whatever. Like, of course I love that ego trip. Everyone loves that. But at the end of the day, I found myself just getting into these spirals where I felt cynical. I was, you know, trying to force opinions to come out of me so that I could have things to talk about. And we both know there are people in our space that like they live on Twitter and they they live in that ecosystem. And it just makes me wonder, like, are you truly happy? Because I know what it takes to do that. And I was not happy doing it. And I'm not saying that just because I'm not happy doesn't mean you're not happy. But I just know how that spiral goes. And and nowadays, I feel so much better that I have the intention of, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I'm barely on Instagram. And that, for right now in my life, feels so good. And I devote all my time into our Slack community, our private Slack community with our members, which I've talked about a couple times in this podcast. It's like, that is my favorite place to hang out because... I can fully control my time there and there's not a whole bunch of opinions There's not a bunch of ads. There's not a bunch of promoted tweets. There's not stuff that I don't want to see. It's a really nice, safe, supportive environment of people I want to be around. Yeah, for sure. I'm in an interesting place right now where 
I'm feeling myself wanting to be more engaged on social than I was at the end of last year. What what reason? Just out of curiosity. I think we haven't talked about it. It's different for personal and I mean it's kind of different but the same. It's different from personal and business, but for for my personal account, I really do miss the connection that I get from people saying my work really helps them. Like there's something that lights up in me purpose-wise with that of people saying like the way you talk about your anxiety or the way that you reframe things really has helped me and made an impact and I miss that piece of it of connecting with other human beings especially because sometimes again in my type my personality type Enneagram 4 can feel very like unique in our aloneness and like our our feelings and like oh nobody understands me kind of thing but every time that I get messages from people who like are not freaked out by my like weird deep thoughts or my you know sometimes introspection and things like that it makes me feel seen and accepted and also helpful so it it brings value to my life on the business side I do miss being helpful in that space and I miss um you know teaching people things and just from creating I, I miss like I really enjoy the process of creating the content and thinking about how to storytell on that platform So that's really the reason for that is just to show up and also I don't want to have this like – it's not a lazy mentality, but I think I carry a little bit of like – I don't just want to like rely on our email to bring people into coaching. Like I want to deliver value and show up there and that type of thing. I mean there's definitely something to be said for some diversity in the platforms that you use because if one gets taken away and it's the only one you have – it's a little bit of a dangerous place to play. Right. So you want to diversify it a little bit. So anyway, but I'm in this dangerous spot where I'm spending a little bit more time there creating. Yeah. But when you spend a little bit more time there creating, you inevitably spend a little bit more time there consuming. consuming. Yeah. And I spent so little time last year consuming on social media. Um, I mean, there was definitely a period, especially with all of the social justice stuff happening in the summer where I was consuming a lot because I was learning a lot yeah. through the platform. But then, um, you know, after that and more into the fall, I just took time to be present and I just wasn't on very much. And I'm finding that I'm like slipping right back into yeah. it where even like when I go onto our Wandering Aimfully profile, I follow a lot of businesses. And so I like see the content they're putting out and I see what they're doing and I see how they're like sharing about their member success stories and they've got little weekly, you know, segments and all this stuff. And I know that my intention is to not do all of that, right? I know that my intention is to keep our time there limited, but to still still show up and answer questions, but not go full tilt, you know? But you can't help but have this, not comparison, but like- No, but it's human nature. It's human nature to be like, oh, they're doing that, should I do that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that that to me is why it's an easy thing for me to not be on Twitter because- Inevitably, I mean, I think I ended up following like 27 people by the end of being on Twitter and it's, I still can't get away from it. Yeah. And you see people doing things and you're like, oh, should I be doing more of that? Or should I, you know, like I. But then what I come back to is like, what, what really the answer is, if I'm being honest with myself is like, I just need to then again, going back to intention, I need to recognize that I actually have the power to change that. Yeah, absolutely. And that I'm just not being mindful enough or diligent enough in setting posting setting boundaries and then getting out of there and that's just something that i need to do and so it's just always coming back to this idea of like do i have the power to change this yes i do yeah cool um but can you do me a little uh favor what's up am i sinking yeah can't see your mouth i'm gonna be such a hunched over old lady (laughs) like my spine just like disintegrates into nothing yeah one of these days i'll work on my posture i do try i stretch great proud of you i i try to like readjust but not when i podcast (laughs) (laughs) um the reason that I brought all of that up was as a segue into the one of just not keeping up with the competition. So that's something that we also intentionally try not to do is like yeah, I pay think, attention to what other people are doing. I think this space. is one that is – it's not talked about enough that people surround themselves with like, like-minded like people in their space and they don't realize the mental toll that that takes when you're always seeing people who are doing similar things to yeah. what you're doing. I think it's kind of – a little bit controversial because I think there's just people who would have very different opinions on this because I, I do know that some people find tremendous value in being around. So it's like the mastermind idea, right? Is like being in a mastermind with people who are in similar businesses so that you can learn from each other and, and you know, deal with similar challenges. And that's great, I, I think. But I 
think you're right, not enough people talk about the downside of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what you were going to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I, I think even just about our two businesses specifically, like I don't follow a single business coach of any kind. I don't follow a single online course platform. So like those are our two business genres. I never have. I don't, I don't know what any of them are doing. I can't see any of it. And I actually think that's a good thing because it really raises to the top the things that we think are the most valuable to do based on our experiences, based on what we do, not going, well, what's everybody else doing? Oh, I should be doing those things. And then you're just keeping up. You're playing keep up mm -hmm. as opposed to going, well, what's really important here? And who am I serving? Who are the people that are our customers that are, you know, that really care about what we're talking about? What do they need? Because I don't think they just need another version of something that somebody's already created. They need a version that's either better or different or interesting or unboring. And, and that's the thing that's going to separate us, not Oh, okay, this person did like a, a workbook about this. Oh, okay, we should probably do a workbook about that. Yeah. Or, or this course platform added this feature. So, oh, we should probably add that feature. And I think that those are the things where it's a treadmill. It's a mountain of more in itself where right. you never get off keeping up with those people until you remove it completely from your sphere. And then you kind of look around and you go, oh, well, what do I want to do? Totally. I think it's, I mean, the one area where I do think that it is actually helpful to look at what other people are doing is to do the opposite. Yeah. So like to check yeah, in, yeah. you know, so it's like we don't pay attention to competitors or peers or whatever. But, you know, from a branding perspective in Teacher's case, for example, I wanted to see what the other course platforms looked like so that we could be different, not yeah. the same. Um, and so that then I yeah. do think and to a degree it's helpful. To me, that's an exercise in doing like a competitive analysis. Right. Not following your competitors and constantly being in the same right. pool together and swimming around bumping into each other it's to go let me look at the landscape of what's going on here great now i can see it all i'm out now let me see what what i need to do to be different yeah i also like it from the perspective of i think so often we look to similar people to fight this like empty page syndrome so the example i'm thinking of is like okay I want to post more content on social media, but I'm very overwhelmed at the idea of like this blank page of what do I create? So I go see what other people are doing and I use that as inspiration. And I think that can be helpful to get started. But what you don't realize is happening when you look to other people is mentally you're taking note of these uh, like boxes to put your content in because you're forming it based on what other people are doing. So reels is a great example on Instagram. Like you see all the people who do like the dances or the pointing to different words and then whatever. I see a lot of those. I am all, keep coming back to like, there are so many use cases for reels that people haven't thought of because all they're doing is looking at yeah. other people yeah. doing those types of reels that do well. And so I think one benefit of not looking at your competition, and this is why we're so intentional about it, is keeping your creativity like pure in a way to think of solutions that other people haven't thought of yet Absolutely. because you're not muddied with the, the prerequisites that other people have set up. Yeah. And it just becomes a race to the bottom. It becomes a race to like, who can, who can do the same thing over and over or the same things over and over just like a little bit better. And that's just like, that's always all it is. It's like, Oh, you do this. Okay. Let me see if I can do a little bit. Oh, you did this. And, and it's, it's always that as opposed to, Oh, let me try like this thing over innovation. here that people haven't done. Right. Or, and, and I think even for us, like, uh, we're going to talk about it in a future episode, but kind of our, our strategy in moving forward with tea tree is like, I, I hear so many people talk about this, like, especially moving like the SaaS software as a service industry, which is like, you have to have blog posts on your site that are titled alternative to, and your competitor. And I hear these people saying this and I'm like, I get it. I understand why people are searching for that. But I don't want someone to choose us just because we basically like shit on another business, mm -hmm. you know, for lack of a better way to explain it. I want them to choose us because we creatively did a thing mm -hmm. that they hadn't seen anyone else do. And then that made them really excited to join. Not that they were like, okay, well, this one's $49 and that one's $47 and this one has 13 features and that one has 12 right. features. So I'm joining this one and that's going to be like my my barrier to entry. Right. It's like in The Bachelor. Oh, great. How you want to, if you're at the very end, you want to be the one who's chosen because that person's really in love with right. you and not just because they like you better than the second choice. Yeah, I think Brenda's got a good shot this Brenda? season. Brenda? Brenda. Brenda from 90210. Brenda with an H. She has an H on the end of her Brenda. name too. Yeah. Brenda? Yeah. What's funny is there was in the top four of The Bachelorette a Brendan. Oh, cute. So you're not that far off. Great. You probably heard that. Is just... The Bachelor's name Todd? Todd and Brenda. No. It's going to be a hot couple. 
No, the new bachelor's name is Matt. Great. Popular name. Yeah, very. We have so many Matts in our family. A lot of A lot of Matts. S- couldn't even tell you. Our realtor who tried to sell our house, his name was Matt. My brother, Matt. <laughs> That's a fun. Brother-in-law, Matt. Yeah, a lot of Matts. Mm- <sighs> so many Matts. Okay. My brush buddy, Matt. Another my, my brother-in-law, buddy, Matt. Matt. Leah's Matt. There's so many Matts. So okay. Matt. Um, so a couple more here. Yep. I'm just off the top of my noggin. And by that, I mean in my notes. Yeah, I was about to say, that's a lie. <laughs> but I wrote the notes off the top of my noggin. Right. So right. this is more just in personal choices, but we're very intentional about the way that we go about our days. Yeah. And so mornings especially yep. are like our most intentional time, I would say. And I forget sometimes, I just told you this this morning, I forget that there are still a lot of people who wake up, grab their phone, and the first thing they do is check their email yeah yeah what are y'all don't do that yeah don't do that don't, don't do that i mean i just think, there are so many few things that i say don't like hardline yeah. don't do that i'm yeah. like no like, stop taking that you, action stop take, our, yeah you, are big there, time throwback. you guys know i'm all about like you do you do your but no there is you cannot yeah. tell me that there is a good excuse for grabbing your phone in the morning and answering your email a couple years ago you know i went on this journey to just like completely uproot my morning routine and we talked about this in the habits episode as well but it's one of the best things I've ever done for my life is to ease into my morning, not be reactive. Yeah. And so if you grab your phone, even if you don't check your email, if you check social or text message or whatever, you are reacting. And it's that is true. setting you up for the rest of the day to only be in this reactive state. And it is a negative effect. It really does. And I think long term, if you start your day off on a good note, and I know this from my personal experience, the rest of your day ends up being on a better note, no matter what happens. Yeah, because it's like what you're saying about reacting. It's like if you're doing something first thing in the morning where you're absorbing information or you're absorbing energy of, yeah. from something else, now you're not in control. It's like the opposite of an intention, right? Now you it's are- It's detention. It's detention. Wow. <laughs> I love you so much sometimes. I know you do. I know you do. I saw your brain go full stop and go, Oh, that was a good one. Uh, I, I like that so one. <laughs> um, yeah, that's detention. <laughs> yeah. You check your phone in the morning, guess what? You're in detention. Yeah. Go to detention. So, you checked your phone. It's not that funny, but I'm just really giggling. <laughs> um, but I was making a very poignant oh, point. Oh, sorry. Sorry, um, sorry. About absorbing versus creating energy. Yeah. So not receiving the things that... The, and it's the going back to the big overall idea of this episode is, you know, you happening to life, not life happening to you. In so far as you can control things, which you cannot control everything, but the things that you can control, it's about empowering yourself to take control and make changes. And so, you know, so many, this was definitely the place that I was in where I would receive energy the first thing in the morning and then I would have a bad day yeah, same because I wasn't creating what I wanted that day yep. to be like. And now I have the most self-indulgent morning yep. routine. I think this is also, again, a product of my mental health struggles. And it just became very clear to me that if I do not prioritize my self-care and mental health every day first thing in the morning – that the consequences are not just I have a bad day. The consequences are dire. Yeah. They are I I am shaky. I am dizzy. I am up all night. I'm worried. Like, so I really have to prioritize it. And yeah. it has been the best thing. I, I think the easy tactical thing from this, and, and what we wrote about this, if you actually want to read it, I think it's just uh, wanderingaimfully.com slash morning. Um, but the, the very simple takeaway from that is just starting tomorrow. Try and carve out five minutes for yourself. Yeah. So wake up, no phone. If you have to use an alarm to get up, that's fine. Set your alarm five minutes earlier and then just take five minutes to yourself. So if that's making a cup of tea or coffee or matcha or just warm water, if that's sitting in like your favorite spot in your house or outside or whatever, if it's even just like going on a short walk, whatever it is for you for five minutes that is just you creating the energy to start the day, that's it. That's yeah. all it takes. And then if you got to grab your phone and you got to check some stuff after that, that's fine. But even just that five minutes is a huge shift. It takes you from detention to intention. <laughs> also, I the more that we have incorporated this in our lives, I look for every single moment of my day where I can be more intentional in creating joy or peace or whatever feeling I want to cultivate. And like, it's the most fun thing. Like it makes life so much more fun. Like I shared on Instagram, something I'm really into lately is like ambiance channels on youtube cute which we've been into this and you didn't know it well not just chill hop but like you know during christmas we play like 
the Christmas fireplace yeah, yeah. channel oh, where yeah. it's like yeah. the crackling fireplace and like stockings hung and yeah. twinkle lights and whatever. That's an ambiance channel. Yeah, the the coffee house with like the Co- coffee. The coffee the house. There's one coffee. that's like moody jazz bar in NYC. Uh-huh. Like yeah. I, there's all these channels yeah. that have music that sets the mood for whatever. And I was just marveling at the fact that we have this technology at our disposal now. If you have the internet that is free well on- I, think, I think they have the internet if they're listening to this in some way shape or form maybe i don't know if you're <laughs> dialing up or oh that's the internet <laughs> even if they're using their phone not on the internet they're basically on the internet okay well <clears throat> i was trying to be inclusive and then i just sounded stupid i do think this is a really uh, simple thing that we kind of didn't have on the list but you're kind of getting to it that we've done for years which is i turn the tv on and i go to youtube and i turn on some type of like relaxing background music yeah. all day yeah and it's such a it's such a small thing but it really does create like just like a, a nice calming environment yes as opposed to i remember when we both just used to like sit in the same room with our headphones listening to our own thing and that's not to say that we don't still listen to our own thing throughout the day like i went into my yeah. writing zone yesterday so i threw on some daft punk tron legacy soundtrack but even that is an intention Absolutely. that's even that's an intentional choice to say i want this feeling so i'm gonna do this thing yeah. i'm gonna put on this music to feel motivated but yep. you're right like all these little things add up to would you say they're life hacks they're would intent- i would say they're intentional choices jason all right um, couple couple ones left here that are kind of small, but I just think you guys like the real real. Uh, a food a meal service, paying for a meal service, which we've start we started four no five, five years, years ago. ago, almost six years ago now actually. Yeah, so we neither of us love to cook. I Let's enjoy I enjoy mediocre baking from time to time. And uh, I would be happy to never cook. Never uh, a casserole. Three day, th- a, a casserole, casserole three days a year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we really just found that, that that making food in a kitchen is something that neither of us enjoy. And we don't look forward to it. We don't like the time that it takes. We don't like the mental energy that it takes. We would rather pour Does that into anything. Does Marie not spark joy, as Marie Kondo would say. Marie, Does we're not. sending it out the door. So what we started looking for was a prepared meal service different from like a HelloFresh or Blue Apron, which you never hear about anymore. Isn't that kind of interesting? What happened to them? I don't know. Um, It's not where they send you the ingredients and you still have to do the work. It's we have a food service where the meal is made for us and we just have to heat it up. That's it. Yep. It takes like a minute, two minutes. Um, This has been such a game changer for us in getting time back and getting mental energy back. And yes, it can be more expensive than going and buying groceries and spending all the time to do it. And I actually did the math. It saves us 60 hours a month, 60 hours a month in time from grocery shopping, from thinking, from cooking, from cleaning, all of that. We save all that time that we get to either put back into our businesses or put back into nothing and just have that time back. Yeah. So yes, this is definitely one that it's about, you know, that we want to acknowledge privilege that if you have the money- 45 minutes in we didn't right, start right, right. with this one but we share it because there's some version of this that i feel like even if it's not your all your meals covered or whatever even if it's like one or two a week right um what what could that create in your life and right. is that an option that you want to explore and also for us it, a big part of it was also switching costs where if we were having to decide what to make for lunch we were it would it would turn into a two-hour affair of like, yeah. and or I know, we, or we would go out to eat, and it was well, that's we were another something thing. bad. Yeah, and I know we could have changed that with things like meal prep or whatever, but maybe that is the intention. Is right. like, oh, but I'm gonna... Chipotle exists, right? Exactly. God, <laughs> we ate so much Chipotle back in the day, um, but we ate out so much, yeah. and this that was not good for our health. That was not good for our bank account, and so this is just one of those intentional choices yeah. that like I think has really impacted the way that we live and yeah. now when we cook it is such a source of joy for us because it's an experience like we take it really seriously like you enjoy baking or it's a really big deal when i cook because <laughs> this the uh, seas part the seas part yeah uh i will say just in case anybody wants to know how to find your own meal prep service the one that we use is called territory foods you can find them territoryfoods.com this is not an ad they're not paying us we just really like their food service Um, they are only available in select cities but they're really cool because they use local chefs in cities that they partner with so that's fun Um, the one that we used before that was thistle which we got a little tired of at the end, but we also did it for a year and a half. Yeah. So I think in the beginning, we really liked it. It's very greens focused. Yeah, very um, plant-based. Thistle's a good one. And then if those aren't available in your area, go to Yelp and search 
meal prep. And you will find local chefs who are probably like private chefs, but they also do meal prep as a side thing because it's a really efficient thing they can do. Yeah. So those are some great ways that you can find someone in your area. And it's a great way to support local in some cases. Uh, and I think we just really love it. It's one of our favorite things that like that box will show up today as of recording this. It shows up on Sunday and we're just good to go. Our meals are literally taken care of. Yeah. Way to be tactical. Way well, to like give them the tips. I, the hot tips. Oh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um the the last one that I'm just wanted to wrap up with is more of us intentionally deciding to kind of like I just wrote down take steps later in life than most people. Yeah. And I want to be careful about how I talk about this because I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, getting married, you know, right when you meet each other or younger or having kids younger. There's nothing wrong with that. For us, and what I mean is we waited – how many years had we been dating when we got married? Seven. Seven. We'd been dating for seven years. We're so good at our relationship. I know. Before we got (laughs) married. And we for a long time, we just didn't even know if we would get married. Not for a long time. I knew we'd get married. But we – I considered not getting married. You had a plan. I had a plan and it worked flawlessly. Excellent. I got the Uber proposal that I wanted. <laughs> if you don't know that, we tell We've that got a marriage story do we episode. Tell it? Yeah. Where yeah. do we tell that? There's an episode of the podcast where we talk okay, about so it. Okay, so if you're yeah. wondering what the Uber proposal story is, it's that. Yeah. That was my master plan and it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also we are, I would say, waiting longer than most people to have kids. Like probably yeah. definitely later than all of my friends. Yeah. And so I want to talk about those choices and why we do those things and also i want to encourage people that you can make intentional decisions that maybe are a little bit upstream compared to mainstream society yeah that was a lot of streams yes a lot of streams well i think the important thing for me and especially in the conversation with kids in marriage is like these are such societal things and they're such familial and friend circle things where you get so much external pressure that it may go against everything inside of you that's like, this is not the right time for me. Yeah. I do not feel comfortable right now. I, 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 have, I have dreams, I have goals, I have things I want to do. And listen, we don't have kids, but we understand the work that goes into having children. As much as you can without having one. As much as without having one. And we know that right now we don't have the time to invest in that. We want to invest that time in other things, or we want to just enjoy the open space and time that we have. And that's why we're waiting. And it's an intentional choice to wait because we've watched so many friends and family and people around us who haven't made those choices. And then you'll hear them say things like, oh, well, I wish I could do these things. Right. And it's like, you could have had you just been maybe a little slower in this decision to have children or to do, you know, and, well, it's, and it's not about them. Right. Because I know they, they made the choices that they wanted to make for their lives, but it gives you this glimpse of imagining yourself saying that yeah. and, and not wanting yeah. to, and just, just wanting to do the things that you want to do in the order that you want to do them. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's also nothing wrong with deciding you don't want kids. There's nothing wrong with deciding you don't want to get married. Um, and I just think part of living an intentional life is knowing where your desires are coming from and if they are true desires or if they are being like external pressures, external pressures. And I full transparency, you know, it's a hard chapter of life for me right now personally, because I, with the time pressure that you can't help but hear the messaging as being a woman of the time pressure of having kids, I have to fight that every day. Right, but you've looked into the research and and the actual science tells you that it's not that much pressure. Like there are certain things at certain levels for sure. It's not as much pressure as 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 society would have you believe. Exactly, yeah. And that's important to do your own research and have your own worldview on it and your own reasons for the timing of your life and the things that you're doing yeah and that just goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning of this episode of crafting a life that is yours yeah you're the only one that has to spend 100 percent of your time with yourself so are you enjoying it are you enjoying the way that you are living your life and if the answer is no what's within your realm of things that you can control and then do that all right let's transition into parenting tips from (laughs) non-parents i think we should do a whole episode don't you yeah probably just these people need to know how to parent their kids you guys are doing it wrong come on we're kidding god put a leash on their back and they're good to go on their back well like a little clip on their back like they have a harness (laughs) and you just clip right into them babe you're gonna be great that's how kids work right you're gonna be great with kids yeah and then you just 
send them in their own room and give them the taxes to do. And you just say, <laughs> figure it out. We're going to train our kid to do our taxes. Get your 401k from... maxed out by eight. <laughs> All right, I'll buy it. What's the 401k? All right, I'll buy it. Okay, let's talk about our two movies that we watched last week. Oh, God. Oh, we, sort of. Okay, so we also have to talk about, I realize this is the second time yeah. in 150 movies, yeah. a year and a half of watching two movies every Saturday. We have classic movie night in our family, if you don't know. We watch two movies every Saturday, and they are movies from like the 80s and 90s, early 2000s, and they really run the gamut, as you will hear in this, this weekend's things. Can you name the first movie that we turned off? Wayne's World. Wayne's World. People would be very upset about that. Because I was upset about it. I was upset about it. I also was upset about it. I had fond memories of that movie. And in rewatching it, it was boring. The comedy does not land anymore. It was boring. Yeah. We got like 20 minutes in. We're like, no, I'm not going to waste any more time watching this movie. Okay. So the second movie that we have ever turned off. Yeah. This movie I found many years ago. I already have like the shivers yeah. talking about I it. I used to do a 24-hour movie marathon with my friends. I did it for 10 years. You were a part of the last two. One. Years? You get this wrong all the time. It was your other ex-girlfriend. I was there for one year. Get well, it right. Look, look different from many girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I used to do this movie marathon. It was 14 movies essentially back to back to back for 24 hours. Amazing. I always tried to basically have people watch movies they'd never watched before. You'd get nothing that you'd ever seen. It was great. And one of those was called Legend. Mm -hmm. And this movie features Tom Cruise, I believe his actorial debut. He's like 15 or 16 in the different, movie. Completely different teeth, I'll be honest. Different teeth. He has a unibrow. <laughs> yes. it's, it's amazing. It's cute. Definitely a glow up for Tom Cruise. Uh, Tim Curry as the Lord of Darkness. Uh -huh. By the way, one of my Synthwave playlists has an audio clip of him talking. It is majestic. In this movie? No, no, no. Oh, in just... the Synthwave soundtrack, no, it no, has no. a clip from the movie, <laughs> okay. yes, of him talking. What? Oh, you're going to I detention. Was, no. You're going to detention. <laughs> you were not being clear about whether it was just Tim Curry, a clip of Tim Curry. Tim Curry's character, the Lord of Darkness, talking in the Now, is Tim Curry related wave. to Steph Curry? Uh, yes. Could very long-distant cousins. Uh, so, Tim Curry, Tom Cruise, it is a fantastical story. It's in the 80s, 85, I believe. This definitely came in the era of Jim Henson and his, like, fantasy world all like the labyrinth I really and think dark there crystal had, and all these I really think movies. that there had been some major advancements in like prosthetic makeup and effects makeup and they were just going ham in the 80s yeah, on yeah, this yeah. yeah for sure so this movie uh, how far did we get it oh also this is Ridley Scott's directorial debut well that's that's what looped me in you yeah. were like this is Ridley Scott yeah and I was like oh it's because the beginning of Ridley Scott career. is he did Prometheus he did the most recent alien movie uh, Man on Fire with Denzel. Like, he's done some great movies. Yeah. And I was like, cool. I love seeing people at the beginning of their career. Like, how, how, what stays the same? What changes? I was fully bought in. Yeah. You were giving me early Tom Cruise. I was like, what, what's he about yeah. at the beginning? Yeah. And I immediately had weird feelings. I don't know. I think there's some childhood trauma. Of course. Yeah. I, no, I think, there I think these, this type of movie came on. And there was something with like your older brothers pestering you. Yeah, or like there whatever. has to be some type of repressed yeah. memory because I don't know about you guys, but like with certain movies, you have it with certain music. I have it with music. Yeah, like I can't listen you, to like Neil Young. Right. Is it, there ever like yeah. a type of music or a movie where you watch and you're like, I have a visceral like aversion to what I'm yeah. seeing right now, and I don't know why, and I can't place yeah. it. But something about this movie. And it won't make any sense to anyone who isn't me. I understand that. Well, no, that. that's not true. I think people can relate to you watch something or you listen to something and like the sound of it, the visual of it, the vibe it of it. It just makes you feel weird. It makes you, it's like for me, like when you play the Beatles, yeah. I have a feeling within my body I can't explain. It's not just, I don't like the way that sounds. Yeah. It's like the vibration of that music. Yeah. It triggers something in my mind that's like body does not like this, yeah. this thing. I also have this weird thing with like, um, you know the movie E.T.? Like, yeah. There's this like scene with a family and there's like a light and it's like this like weird glowy 80s yeah. like diner light yeah. type thing. It makes me feel a certain way I yeah. don't like. So Legend did not get watched. We got it. I think you made it 18 I minutes. I tried so hard. Yeah. I was like. You were, I just, you were squirming, I was squirming on the couch. I was like touch my face. Oh my, oh my God. And I was like ha ha. I was like trying to like artificially laugh at certain parts. <laughs> and Jason's yeah. like it's not funny. I'm like oh look at them. So, but like there was like unicorns yeah, yeah. and there's like woods and I just don't I will get say it. if you are a fan of like Never Ending Story, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal. Like those movies from your childhood. My, you should watch Legend if you have not watched it. And if you have and you don't remember it, go back and rewatch it. It is just a fantastical journey. So that if you're Caroline, if you're Caroline, skip don't it. Don't ever. 
In which case, you can move on to our second movie, which I remembered loosely what the plot was. Then I had us watch the trailer, and it was perfect. I can't remember what movie you're talking Johnny about. Johnny Mnemonic. We didn't watch that at the same night. You know that, right? We watched what that we on watch, New Year's. What did we watch the second movie? The second movie, we watched something... I thought it was Johnny Something Mnemonic. happy. Was it not like Home Alone? It was like something happy. It was like, oh my god, what was it? I'm forgetting it. Oh my oh god, god, what was I'm it? I'm forgetting it too. Then. Oh my god, what was it? It All was right. like an obvious one. We were like, oh, Back to the Future. Got oh, it. Back oh, to the my Future. God. Okay, so we're doing three movies then in this one. Okay. So because Legend didn't actually happen. So Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. The, the trailer for Johnny Mnemonic. Even if you guys don't watch this movie, go watch the trailer. It's Keanu Reeves. Yeah. It's. The year is 2021. It's basically pre-Matrix. <laughs> it's pre-Matrix. It is one of his first roles, but they do like a scrolling title and yeah. they do like, the year is 2021. Guys, 2021. The, the movie is set in 2021. And you it should was, watch it just for it that. It was made in like 84. Yeah. So it's fantastic what they think the internet is going to be. Uh, but there's also like a pandemic style thing oh, that has happened. Oh, I will happened. say that. Trigger warning. Yeah, like, yeah. real trigger warning. Like, the whole premise of the plot. I did not know this when we started watching it. I was like, 2021, yeah, future, yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, uh, a pandemic has taken yeah. over. And I'm like, what the Yeah, but, but also was, we but watched Contagion and you were fine through that. Fine That's that. more realistic. I know, and also the Johnny Mnemonic pandemic is like something about, it's, like it's, it's not like a disease. Yeah. It's like something about like, the internet and like yeah. watching too many devices has like poisoned people's brains. Which... <laughs> but also it's just like the movie is super hokey and it's like so hokey. Dolph Lundgren, if you don't know who Dolph Lundgren is, he has a part that's just ridiculous. And also ice teas. Ice tea is a, big like a role. major character. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Mnemonic. I will just say that movie to me, that is like a perfect guilty pleasure watch yeah. where it is not a good movie. No, Keanu Reeves' acting is not good. It's in it, not good. And they're like, there's weird editing and the effects are bad. But you watch that movie, and even there's certain times where you're like, all right, I'm a little bored. I wish this movie was over. But, you're but like, afterwards, you're like, I'm so glad I'm I watched so glad that I watched movie. That. I know. That movie was a gem. I'm so I'm pumped that we made also, it through. Also, our favorite thing is just seeing what things they thought of for the futuristic yeah. things, but what things they couldn't think beyond. Yeah. Like when we watch Demolition Man and there's a corded phone. <laughs> uh, fifth Element with buttons. Or fi Fifth like, Element. No, no touch, no touch screens, yeah. only buttons. Yeah. Or, it's just so delightful. It's so great. Okay, so Johnny Mnemonic is a great, uh, just like, it's amazing. It's set in 2021. So the movie that we actually watched after Legend to to recover, Back to the Future. Why did we both forget it? Because it's just... It's it was just, just such a regular movie. It's just I think. so regular. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic. That That's the type of movie that would not have been in my movie, movie marathon because of course. too many people would have seen it too many times and whatever. Of course. It's but not obscure in the least. It was a great palate cleanser for after Legend. watching Legend that you couldn't make it It made it me feel good in all the ways that Legend made me feel bad. Yeah. I, and it was still from like a similar era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely still made in the 80s and... I will say, watching it back, I don't think I've watched the movie in its entirety. Like, I've caught clips of it on TV <laughs> when you used to watch movies on TV, like yeah. when you're just scrolling through channels. It definitely, it, it holds up. Like, it's a good movie. Great there are only plot. a couple times in the effects are like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right, <laughs> oh, didn't do a good job with right. the fire on that. But <laughs> yeah. uh, otherwise, like, the story is still really fun. It, there's obviously some cringy parts if you know yeah. Back to the Future. There's some time plot holes. A couple time fine. plot holes. Yeah, it's fine. But it's just a very enjoyable movie. Uh, I don't think there was anything that was like too mind blowing in the trivia as you read through it from that. That like except really stood for the out. whole that they cast an entirely different actor and then six weeks it. into it I they was were trying like, to think of what was the Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. So Eric Stoltz was originally cast before what's his name Michael J. Fox. Michael and J. Fox. I, I think they did want oh i know what it was they did want originally michael j fox to be in the movie and he was doing ties. family ties yeah and somebody was pregnant at the time on family ties so he his character had a much bigger role and they were like the schedules don't work eric stoltz steps in he's gonna do the movie they're like didn't nope. jive yeah and then so they got michael j fox to do it but they had to work around his schedule and only film in the evenings yeah so it was like the only time you have was like 6 p.m to midnight or something, something crazy. crazy and then they said in the trivia i remember there were two shots that they kept from eric stoltz's filming that like yeah. you can't see him it's like one where he punches biff in the diner, in the diner. but you just see like his arm and like yeah. the back of his head and the other one's like a driving shot of the delorean where you could also see i never noticed this by the way my personal attachment to this movie is that we used to go visit my grandma who lived in saint augustine which is like an hour away from my the town where i grew up in she had one she had two vhs tapes in the house that <laughs> that the kids could watch one was just a recording of episodes of pound puppies oh. which is a cartoon and the other is back to, back the, future. to the future and so wow what a selection what a selection and so i watched that movie every time i was and there thinking back 
Is that not a little odd? VHSs are not expensive. I don't know. <laughs> she could have even well, no. gotten some from the library. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. think she was like, okay, this is good but enough. But just take, hold on a second. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> Those are the only two options? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also uh, uh, um, Crossfire, the game. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Which is objectively a terrible choking hazard for small children that should not be. It was like a small metal BB that you yeah. swallow. Crossfire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a fun thing. Okay, so, so those are our movies. Uh, I also, I couldn't remember Back to the Future had the hoverboard in no, it. No, it's that's Back to the Future 2. Which we're going to watch. Which we're going to watch. This weekend. Yeah. Um, also, I did realize that they go back in time all this time, which is yeah. like, how many years? Like 30 years? They go back 30 point? years, yeah. Doc Brown does not look different at all. I did notice they did like a little bit of like like makeup, like just a small smidgen of makeup on him. He's and I was like, why'd you even waste the time? Why'd you even waste the time? Why not just dye his hair brown? That would work. Doc Brown, brown hair. Why wow, they, babe. Like, why didn't they do that? I know, that's kind of funny. Uh, you know, you're just making a movie. You're like, ah, it doesn't matter. Uh, no one's going to care. This movie's not going to make any money anyway. Also, the movie <laughs> was like $16 million budget. Oh yeah, and it made and a lot it of made money. like six hundred million or something crazy, crazy. just ridiculous. What was the one that we watched where we were like, it made a billion dollars? Frozen, Frozen Two made oh, one point yeah. three billion dollars. We watched the making of Frozen Two. We're, we get it. We're very late on this. Yeah, we yeah, understand. Yeah. Um, we actually did try to watch it fairly early on, but we just weren't in the right mood. We weren't in the right mood, and then yeah. we watched. We had our friends told us watch the making of, which and, we love making, and of. it got us invested. Yeah. And then we watched Frozen Two. I think I would always. Wonderful. I don't know if you guys are on the same team with us. I would almost always rather watch the making of something than the actual thing mm. i would almost rather just i do love a making of yeah yeah like i just like i don't know if i'm gonna say i would rather but like the mandalorian is a here's perfect what example I'll say. here's for what me. i'll say this is the mandalorian here's i what actually I'll say. don't care at all about the episodes i really don't but i love the behind the scenes with john favreau yeah i feel differently i don't feel like i would rather watch the making of instead of the thing but i would say i would always rather watch both Oh, okay. It's, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Like, you're saying. like, I would rather not watch the thing, and I'd rather right. watch the making of. And I, I think that I'm, not, I would still like to see what the end product is. Like Titanic, so much would have rather watched the making of the Titanic. We know how you feel about the Titanic. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody, that'll do it for this episode of our pod. We are hoping that 2021 goes a little bit smoother for everybody, but also maybe it can if you're just a little bit more intentional. <gasps> <gasps> Wow. But really, maybe there are some things that we talked about in this episode. Maybe it's not the big sweeping changes or the big, huge, drastic things, but maybe there's some small things that you can take out of this or that you can think about for your life where you're like, yeah, I have been wanting to be more intentional about X thing. Let me try and really be more intentional about that thing. You said it best. Oh, man, I really tried to. All right, that's it. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. And by see, I mean we'll just be hearing your podcast player. We hope you have fun. And uh, that's it. Bye. Bye.